Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. As presented in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 11, beginning with verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and Redeemer. Amen. I believe that we, humanity, are at our best when we're in relationship with God. I believe that God created the heavens, the cosmos, and the earth, and everything within it. And I believe that it is subsequently important to know God as the creator, and we ourselves as a part of the creation. According to the Bible, this understanding of God as the creator, and we a part of God's creation, this is true wisdom. And so, too, is the realization that we are meant to be in relationship with God and that we need Jesus Christ to best make this happen. St. Augustine, in his Confessions, famously, beautifully, and most simply puts it, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. The Westminster Catechism of Faith What is the chief and highest end of humanity? Our chief and highest end is to worship God and to fully enjoy God forever. And then back to Augustine who asks, how can imperfect humanity approach the perfect creator? And the answer, of course, is Jesus Christ. According to the Bible, knowing our need for Jesus Christ is true wisdom and anything else is folly. Jesus proclaims, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this is what you have been pleased to do. True wisdom, as opposed to earthly wisdom, is to know our dependence upon God and to realize that the most important thing we can do is be in relationship with him. This should always be our priority, especially 
here in the church. Recalling the birth of Jesus, it's interesting to joke that the last people to arrive at the manger were the wise. Sometimes it takes those who are earthly wise a little bit longer to realize their need, and this is the distinction, the difference between earthly wisdom and the wisdom which God commends throughout Scripture. That the earthly wise believe that they themselves are the masters of their universe. It is up to them to interpret, to create, to dream, and to build the world as they see fit, and they see no need for God within this. But biblical Christian wisdom, on the other hand, is to realize that God has made us for something great and that we are truly dependent upon God and that without God, without realizing that we have been made in God's image and that the world has been made with great potential and that we're far from it, biblical wisdom is to realize that in order to achieve all that we have been meant to achieve, we need God. And specifically, we need Christ. Dealing with this passage's reference to wisdom being hidden, I would say that the saving grace and mercies of God that are hidden from the wise are hidden because of their folly, the folly of mistaking their existence, their ability to work, dream, build, and to create as springing forth from their independence from any higher power. The earthly wise do not accept God's gifts of grace and mercy because they don't believe that they need them. But the good news is this. They're only hidden. And hidden doesn't mean that they are not at work. It simply means that they are at work and can be found later, found when their dependence upon God is realized. Infants, the one who Jesus says have true wisdom, on the other hand, are very dependent. If they knew just how dependent, I think that they would be a nervous wreck. As I'm holding my daughter Lila, who you heard at the beginning of the service, I often wonder if she knows just how dependent she is upon Laurel and I. Laurel and I live in a constant state of fear when her, we are carrying her on the sidewalk. Every crack on the sidewalk is a constant threat, and we're very aware of all the threats that surround her and us. Christian wisdom is to realize how precarious our existence is and to realize our dependence upon God because of it. Children, the ones who Jesus says have true wisdom, are radically dependent upon God, and fortunately for them, we, the parents, are the nervous wreck, making sure all of their needs are met. It is to those that know their dependence and precarious state of existence that have the wisdom that God commends. If we fully understood the precarious nature of our existence and lived our lives with that total awareness again, we would be in a state of constant anxiety. Peter Gomes, former chaplain at Harvard Memorial Chapel and someone who I know some of you have had the opportunity to hear preach from this pulpit, states, we work hard and play hard, not because we're more industrious or more playful than our ancestors, but because we dare not stop lest in the stillness we are overwhelmed by the sound of our own anxieties and fears. In other words, we don't allow ourselves to rest because we're scared. We're scared of what might be revealed to us.
Jesus, however, instructs us, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. These are incredibly comforting words for God's people, but before emphasizing how comfortable they are, let's ask, is Jesus' yoke really easy and its burden light? Ultimately, I'm going to say yes, because he says it is, but first let us get there. Christians, after all, have been persecuted throughout history. The 12 disciples martyred Jesus himself crucified. Christians throughout the ages have faced persecution. For example, Bonhoeffer met his fate in a concentration camp. On a more personal level, each of us have likely endured hardships. And despite our faith, there are moments in our lives that seem neither easy nor light. Based on these experiences, Jesus' yoke seems more aspirational than actual. In the biblical day in which Jesus was speaking, those who were gathered at his feet to hear his words knew quite well the persecutions and the hardships of the world. They were not in power, Rome was. Further, the Pharisees, the priests, and the legal experts put great weight of the law upon them. Those who received that great weight were in turn weary, burdened, and in quite a predicament because they could not meet the needs of the law. They could not meet the requirements of the law. They were in need of a savior, someone from outside of themselves because there is no way they could fulfill the heavy weight that was placed upon them. Subsequently, they were in a state of angst, anxiety, maybe even contemplating meaninglessness. But rather than living with the yoke of the law or the yoke of living life without true meaning or purpose, rather than taking on the yoke of just spinning their wheels, heavily encumbered by the weight of the world, living under the illusions and fake and false pretenses, Jesus offered another way by prescribing another yoke, his yoke. There are many outside the church who would levy against this passage of criticism that they are just trading one for another. But I want to assure you that unlike any other kind of yoke, Jesus is offering a yoke that is freeing and empowering. Far from naive, it shapes us for the existence and a navigation of the world according to his will and way. When Jesus references a yoke, he's referencing a wooden device placed over two oxen so that they could carry a great and heavy weight behind them. A yoke is a contraption to also created for humanity in which we could place it behind our neck or shoulders to carry some great weight. Think of people in the developing world traveling far to sources of water. Due to both the weight and fit, these yokes are incredibly uncomfortable. And so too was the yoke of the Pharisees. The yoke of the Pharisees is the law, heavy, burdensome, and uncomfortable because it was not made for us and we were not made for it. So too is the yoke of the world which we were never made to face alone.
Jesus describes his yoke as being easy and its burden light, not because it doesn't involve hard work. Certainly we see in Jesus the apostles, Bonhoeffer, everyone I've mentioned that it does. Instead, Jesus' yoke is easy and its burden light because it's the yoke for which we were made. Whenever we improperly see ourselves as the creator and not part of the creation, we take upon ourselves a yoke that we were not made to carry. And as a result, there's a friction between who we were created to be and who we most really are. But yet, when Jesus tells us to take upon ourselves his yoke, we recognize our proper place in creation, and in so doing, that friction is gone. It's easy and light because that friction, that untrue wisdom, the wisdom of the world is gone. And instead, a true wisdom is adopted, a true wisdom that knows our place in the created order of things. And it doesn't mean that there isn't hardship. It doesn't mean that there isn't hard work to do. But it means we are inspired, we are compelled, we are moved by a proper source, a source to live more fully into ourselves and others being created in the image of God and the world too. Jesus invites us to experience rest, not a simple kind of rest, but a true rest that provides us with the right type of posture to face the world. The rest of Christ fills our needs The yoke of Jesus brings true deep rest to our souls. Representative of true wisdom, Augustine, again Augustine, famously remarked in his confessions, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. When we accept the yoke of Jesus Christ, the yoke that God offers, we're no longer at war with ourselves or the world. Wisdom is recognizing that just as children are dependent upon their parents, so too are we dependent upon God. And the rest that comes from knowing our dependence upon God, from accepting ourselves as a people in great need, a people who are a part of creation, not above it, results in a rest which nourishes the soul and prepares us for the world. This is the rest that comes from true wisdom. It is the rest that will restore our souls. And so rather than spinning our wheels, rather than fighting, being at odds with who we were meant to be, let us accept who we are as a part of God's creation and to be shaped for our existence and our work in the world according to that rest. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.